You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today, I've got a guy named Chandler Saltz. Now, Chandler is an educator. He's a father, an avid outdoorsman, and he absolutely loves to get people out in the outdoors. Now, I didn't even mention yet, but he is a fellow Missourian, and this guy gets on some birds. I'm telling you right now. If you want to hear about a guy who is passionate about scouting, getting out, and filling a limit of specific species of waterfowl, this is the episode for you. So I hope you guys enjoy this. We're going to jump right in. Like, he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, so I am constantly getting asked about the gear that I'm using, and the great news is that I've got it all listed out on Go Wild. Now, if you listen carefully, I'm going to tell you how you can get a $10 gift card to use toward picking up some new gear. Go Wild is a free social community where your photos aren't censored. They're actually encouraged, so much so that Go Wild will give you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. Now, as you earn those points, you can unlock awesome rewards like gift cards and free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. Also, check this out. If you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. So go visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today, I've got Chandler Saltz. Now, he's a teacher, a coach, a father of two, a third on the way, and we're going to dive into a ton of hunting stories talking about getting um, the next generation out in the woods, chasing after ducks and deer and birds of all sorts. And so Chandler, thanks for hopping on the show with me. Yep. Sounds great. Um, why don't you start out by giving the listeners a brief intro into who you are uh, and what you do in the outdoors? Well, I'm a, first, I'm a father, I'm a coach, I'm an educator. Um, this is my 10th year in education. I've been hunting since I was nine, been waterfowling since I was 16, 17, or 18 when I was able to start driving. Um, 
at the lo- at my local school level, I teach uh, our archery in the schools program, our NASA program. And, uh, you know, I've just, and as most coaches are, you know, whether it's golfing or sports or, uh, you know, outdoors, there's fishing, there's always something a lot of your, your coaches have as an, an alternative ho- hobby besides what they coach. And mine's just been, it's been hunting, hunting, fishing, um, mostly waterfowl, but, uh, but, uh, I, I deer hunt, rifle hunt, bow hunt, turkey hunt, um, dove hunt, squirrel hunt, you know, anything I can get do to get out outdoors. So right now mushrooms are popping in our area. So, uh, maybe, maybe try to hit that, hit, hit that up this weekend. So. Man, that's awesome. Speaking of mushrooms, I know you covered a lot right there, but I just found my first morel. Really? Um, was a- it was, it was awesome. It was probably, I don't know, five, six inches tall. And, uh, we were camping down in Arkansas and we did like a backcountry uh, camping and fly fishing trip, me my wife, and then two friends that were in from out of town. Well, my buddy, Chris, he was here and he's from Indiana. He's like, dude, I fly home every year for morel season. Like that is my number one. Like I absolutely love it. I'm like, dude, I've got friends around here that are really big into it. Like they'll go out and find buckets of morels at certain times of the year. And he's like, dude, any chance we're going to find some on this trip? I'm like, oh, uh, you're asking the wrong guy. I was like, I've gone out. I've never found one. I'm the worst when it comes to finding them. And uh, anyways, he was walking back up from the river to the campsite. And I just hear him yell like, I found one. So we went down there, end up finding a patch of them. A bunch of them, he said, were already there for like a week or more because they were kind of wilted and dead. Um, but then we found probably four edible ones at that point. And then he and I just walked through the woods for like an hour and I was getting kind of discouraged. I'm like, dude, I, all I got to see was the ones that they already found. And then I get up on this hill and right in front of me, I mean, I would have kicked it over had he not been walking towards me. I look down as he gets like five feet from me. I'm like, dude, right here. And I pick it up. We fried it up and I'm hooked now. Like I've only found one still, that's it. But I am hooked and I can't wait to get back out and find more. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of turkey hunts will turn into to some pretty good mushroom hunts. So yeah, that's, that's what I was, I was trying to like tell him in our area. Cause I've just never been super big into it. Like I said, I've gone out with my buddies, but haven't had a lot of success. And he's like, when do they start popping off here? Like, is it, are we late? Are we early? I'm like, I feel like in the Springfield area, it's right around Turkey season every year. Um, I was like, I'll go out and my buddies will be like, Oh dude, Hey, there's no turkeys moving. There's nothing making any sound. Like, let's go look in the woods. And so I'll go with them. So I, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the best time is like here in the next week or so. And then moving forward. And yeah, I think I'm going to, it's probably going to ruin my turkey hunting now because I've tasted those morels and I've found one. I am going to be, I'm going to lose hope in turkeys pretty early in the morning now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, they're hard to beat. Um, I say we're, we're getting a lot of grays where we're at right now. Um, and I'm talking close to my, even my house and stuff. So those yellows and, and whites are the bigger ones. They're going to start popping. I'd say, I'd say within, within the week, pretty easy. So turkey yeah, season's always. So. <laughs> I, I didn't even know that there were different, 
I mean, I guess they're all morels, but he's like, oh man, these are all yellows. He's like, dude, the fact that we found yellows right out of the gate and like it was a patch, like my first one, he's like, I was looking for its mate because normally there's a second one within five to 10 feet of where you find one. And we all started looking and there was like, gosh, there was over a dozen of them right there. I mean, they were just kind of all over, but like I said, I think only three or four of those ones were edible. And then he's like, yeah, man, there's, there's yellows and there's grays and there's blacks and there's whites. And I'm like, I didn't know any of this. <laughs> I'm like, I have a hard enough time finding the bright ones, much less if they're a gray color and blending in. Um, Fine. They're, they're not very big either. So see, that's, that's actually, he said mine was a gray and I was like, Oh sweet. Like that's yeah. awesome. But we fried it up. Uh, they brought out, he brought stuff out specifically in hopes that he would find some morels. He brought butter and garlic and salt and he fried them up. And Oh my gosh. I was like, dude, if you would have just told me early on that they tasted like a mix between a steak and a scallop, like I would have been hooked. I would have been all in. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to eat them. We, and we, uh, we even just fry them with fish batter, just some, some Andes, Cajun batter and just, just, uh, fry them up that way. So, they're uh they're, they're good they're they're that's part of the trifecta so you get a turkey mushrooms and crappie you've got a pretty good day so dude i need to get into crappie fishing we didn't catch any like trout or anything down there but i i just i've fly fished before but i've never had my own equipment i've always used somebody else's and um we got a bunch of fly fishing equipment and so i'm like dude i feel like crappie would be pretty fun to fly fish for um I got to figure it out though. So, yeah, you've got Stockton pretty close to you there. Um, I live in between Palmy and Truman. I grew up on Lake of the Ozarks. Nice. So, uh, man, crappie crappie fishing is just it's it's became easy when they spawn. So then we start go chasing them year round when they start schooling up off off of the banks and stuff. So, it's uh it's uh they're hard to beat. I like them. They're good to eat. Yeah, they, I, I didn't know that anybody was that into crappie fishing until I moved down to Missouri. Growing up in Wisconsin, it's like you take, you take kids out for bluegill and perch and crappie, like just right off the dock, you just drop a tiny chunk of a worm and you'll catch one every time you drop it in. Um, and then I came down here and there were a couple different people that were like, oh, dude, my number one hobby is crappie fishing. I was like, really? Yeah. And they're like, oh, dude, you'll get a whole cooler full of them. He's like, you'll, you'll have enough fish to eat for a month, and it's so good. And I was like, dude, I'm going to have to come check this out. And sure enough, the more I talk to people, the more like diehard crappie fishermen I find. And so that's another bug that I'm going to have to try to catch because I just, I've never been into it. And so, um, but I, I know, like, once I get out there and I catch 50 crappie in a day, <laughs> How can you not get hooked when you're catching fish that often? Well, just like the mushrooms, I mean, it's, it's coming up. It's, uh, it, and it's, I don't want to say it's easy. I don't want to spoil that for you, but man, <laughs> on him, it feels like sometimes you can just put a, put a bear hook in the water and you're going to catch fish. I mean, uh, you know, as we get later in the conversation, but that's the perfect fish when they're spawning for you, for you to take kids out. I mean, you're going to be successful. Um, it's, uh, they're, and they taste great. <laughs> yeah. So, 
we've had them every way. We do fish tacos, we fried. I mean, it's it's been, you know, we we love crappie season, so they don't last very long around my household. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to have to hit up a couple people that I know that are big into it and see if they're interested in taking an extra guy out or even me and, and one of my kids, I would never put both my kids in the boat with somebody else. Um, just because they'd never take me back out, but yeah. uh, I would do one at a time probably. Yeah. I've, I've got some pretty good friends. I've, uh, jokingly I've my youngest, he's, uh, he has, uh, he's lost probably seven fishing poles. I mean, they're, they just, he likes to throw them over the side of the boat and <laughs> you don't get them back. So, <laughs> so I started tying a, I started tying a pool noodle to it and then hopefully we don't lose as many this year. So, yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, I was going to say there's got to be some type of like retractable lead that you can hook to the side of the boat or something, um, just to keep them, keep them handy or, um like they make those life jackets that when they get wet they inflate right away they need to make that for a fishing pole where you just put it if it gets in the water and fully soaks it's just pops the co2 can and floats it to the top yeah that that would that would save me some money and they're not you know they're just <laughs> poles but like man i'm buying it i'm buying a 15 dollar pole every time we go out so <laughs> i did I, I zip tied noodles to them and uh he He's getting better, but hopefully we don't have to have to uh, lose any more fishing poles this year. Yeah. So you've got two kids. You've been getting them into the outdoors, into multiple activities. I mean, what has that been like? Obviously, you're an educator and a coach, and so you've kind of got that mindset already um, yep. in in educating people on different things, helping walk them through like the fundamentals of sports and things like that. But as far as like getting your own kids out, I bet that's kind of a trip. It's uh it's a trip. Um, and you know, the education part's one thing. Um, cause I teach, uh, middle school history. I coach middle school kids. I, I coach high school kids, both baseball and basketball. Um, as far as, you know, elementary PE, uh, that's great. You know, K through, K, our schools K through six. Um, but you know, the expectations of your own kids are always going to be a little different than the expectations of somebody else's kids. So, uh, you know, Hey, I'm just like, man, I love the outdoors. My kids are going to love it too. And that's true for my oldest, maybe not so true for my youngest, but, uh, it's, it's changed the way I hunt it. It's changed the way I fish. It's changed the group of people I hang out with. Uh, you say, you know, hey, I, you know, I don't want to put my two kids in a boat with anybody. They'll never take me again. <laughs> I've been, I've done it. <laughs> you know, my friend group is really good. Um, they're the same people that I waterfowl with. And uh, in some of the kids that I, we're going to talk about, we won't, I won't say their names, but some of the, some of the high school kids that I've tried to get into hunting, you know, they are that's helped me because I've taken Connor on hunts before and I'm like, Hey guys, you know, we're not shooting these birds until they're on the water. You know, he can't, he can't shoot a flying bird right now because of uh, his growth condition and some of the things with that, you know, so they're just like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so it's been a challenge, but it's been something that I've been, I've loved every minute of. Um, and as I become a better 
father as I become a better hunter. Uh, hopefully they are, you know, they're seeing that too, and they're becoming more successful, but at the same time, like Connor, for instance, we'll have a lot of stories about him because he's experienced a lot as my oldest and actually, you know, in Missouri, he's got to be six to hunt anyways. So he's, uh, he's just, he's made me a better hunter. He's made me uh, more patient. Um, and that's, that's helped my job. That's helped my educational career too. Um, you know, when you're 20 years old, I've been in it, this is my 10th year and 12th year in coaching, 10th year in, in, uh, education. You know, when I first started, I was, I was a go-getter and, you know, Hey, we need to do it my way or the highway kind of deal. And that changes and kids yeah. might change that too. So that, that's a, that's been a good development for me in my career. Uh, just having kids of my own. So you're, I mean, getting your kids out in, you know, just a few years of experience or, or a short time out there. Um, that's amazing. You, and you said early in the show that you grew up around Lake of the Ozarks. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's been in inter- Um, it's a party lake. So yeah. it's not like a Truman or a Palmy or a Stockton. So it's a, it's a different style of fishing or boating in general. So, oh yeah, it's definitely a different atmosphere when you get to certain lakes, there's certain places that you go to fish or to duck hunt. And then there are certain places you go if you like to wakeboard or sit on a pontoon and drink. So, um, but, but growing up in Missouri, I mean, has that always been the age, like six years old? Has that always been how old you had to be? As far as I know, yeah, because uh, we have conversation, you know, Connor, you know, <laughs> he wants to go elk hunting, you know, that he's like, man, I want to go kill an elk, dad. <laughs> I was like, well, Colorado, you got to be 12, you know, so he's thinking, oh, uh, you know, I want to take my my gun out and go kill an elk. I was like, man, you're not old enough yet or uh, so, uh, deer hunting has been good to him. He's killed a couple deer. He's killed a uh, couple turkeys. Now he's killed some ducks. He's killed some geese. Um, he shot some doves. He shot a squirrel by himself one day with a pellet gun. Uh, nice. I don't know how it happened. I don't, I think he scared it to death. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, he's, he's been quite the little hunter since he's turned six years old. Um, and it's, he's just, he, he eats and breathes it and, um, he's starting to play basketball. So that's been new for me. Cause I coach basketball. Uh, I want to treat him like he's in junior high and it don't, that don't work that way. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been six as far as I know. Um, you know, I felt like they could do it earlier, you know, the way with technology, the way it is now. Um, but that's a good time for them to start learning, especially if they're able to, uh, to go and watch you. He's, he grew up, you know, when he was two, three years old, he would, go sit and especially like that early goose season he'd go sit and lay, lay in the layout blind at four o'clock in the morning while we're putting up decoys and you know he'd have his little earmuffs on and you know i'd raise up to shoot he'd be laying between my legs i'd raise up to shoot and we'd shoot and he'd raise up and you know see the geese on the water and stuff and he'd want to go uh go help get them and go help the dogs get them and stuff so he's uh he's been accustomed to it for a while so yeah. but like six is probably the the right age for them, you know, um, especially to realize, you know, what that success is. Yeah. That it's, it's so weird to me. And I'm getting like this, I'm getting these butterflies in my stomach right now thinking about it because I've got a five-year-old and I don't know why I I'm sure someone's told me the age before, but like in my mind, my son is so far away from being able to hunt 
because I grew up in a state where you couldn't hunt until you were 12. And so I, I'm like, oh, dude, that's way off. That's way off. Realistically, he can be hunting this fall because he turns he turns six uh, at the end of August. And oh, so yeah. I, I, right. I'm like, oh, no, like I've got so much work to do. He's shot BB guns before. I've got him behind a 22 before, and I'll put like a little phone scope adapter or something on the scope so that I can help him watch the crosshairs. But holy crap. Like my son could be out hunting this fall. That's so wild to think. And uh, we're going to be doing a ton of gun safety this summer now. Um, I feel like I am so far behind in just this, these 15 minutes that we've been talking. <laughs> It'll, it, uh, it sneaks up on you. I mean, for him to start out, I mean, we're talking Nerf guns. Uh, there's a video game he has on his Xbox called Call of the Wild. And we talk about, and I like playing it too. It's a pretty cool game. And we're out there, you know, hey, where are you going to, where do you need to shoot this animal? Where do you, you know, what do your crosshairs do? What does your red dot do? Like, and that started, you know, at the ages of three, for me, three, four, five years old, he shot 22s and Nerf guns and, and stuff like that. Um, we haven't touched on it a little bit, but he actually has a growth condition called Russell Silver Syndrome. Um, it's, uh, to just basically put it pretty, uh, to explain it pretty simply, it's, it is a type of dwarfism. It's not necessarily dwarfism, but it's a type of where he is going to be small for the majority of his life. Um, when he was born, he was two pounds, 12 ounces. I mean, he's a little guy. Oh, wow. He spent a lot of time in the NICU. Um, and, uh, you know, he right now he's seven years old or yeah, he's seven years old and he weighs 39 pounds and he's, uh, he's 38 inches tall. So in comparison, my four-year-old is 37 inches tall and weighs 57 pounds and is like a bull in China cabinet. So, <laughs> so my patience level with Connor has been pretty high, uh, as far as teaching him, because we have had to make a ton of Ad adaptations to guns, um, to style. I mean, I've got pictures on my Instagram and even on the HCO Instagram of uh, him <laughs> turkey hunting in the back of my, uh, in the back of my vest. I mean, we're talking three, four miles a day where I'm just hauling him around in my vest. <laughs> so he's, uh, and he's took it in stride. I mean, he's, he's loved every bit of it. And I have too, you know, that's the reason I'm doing it. But, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's been a challenge, but it's, I think, you know, he's hopefully going to be a good outdoorsman. Um, and hopefully it's something he's going to love for the rest of his life. Yeah. I feel like that's the hope. I mean, every hunter fisherman, like they're always like, Oh man, I hope my kids grow up doing it. And I, in my mind, I was like, Oh, my kids are going to love it. Like my parents did it. I, I love it, but I look at it and I'm like, all right, I've got I'm one of five kids and although all of us have hunted at some point or another, it's really only me that does it a ton. My brother does it and probably wishes he could do it more. But other than that, all three of my sisters are kind of out of it now. And, um, for me, I was always like, Oh no, there's no chance. Both my kids are going to love it. Both of them are going to love it. Well, I, until I actually had kids, 
I realized how much your priorities change from like making your kids love your passions to like, yeah. I'm going to share it with them. And if they want to do it, amazing. I feel like they will. I've, I've already come out of my room in the morning and watched them stalk flies with Nerf guns. Um, <laughs> that, you know, they're Shh, dad quiet. We're hunting flies. I'm like, Oh, this is, this is a proud dad moment right here. Um, but yeah, at this point, I hope they like it. If not, that's all right. I'll still teach them about it. They can join me whenever they want. Um, but I know that they're going to have passions of their own also. Yeah. And it, uh, I think it becomes a natural thing as you know, you say you hunt a lot. I, I hunt a lot. Um, my wife's family, they deer hunt and stuff, but not, you know, probably not to the extreme that I do. Um, but it, it became natural and I never want to force that on him. If he, if he didn't like it, yeah, girl, he wants to play basketball or soccer or, you know, in kind of my household, like whatever he wants to do or whatever, any of my kids want to do, I want to support them, but I also, if they're going to do it, I want them to give it, you know, their best effort. Um, and are they going to, uh, have failure in anything they do? Absolutely. Um, I wish my son would have had, <laughs> would have some more, uh, failure than he's had because he's getting pretty, um, <laughs> he told, told me Saturday morning, uh, as me and my buddy were getting out of the truck, he said, if I see a turkey, it's going to be singing uh, uh, something or, or he's going to see the light or something when I pull the trigger. <laughs> he's just he's ate up with it. So um, but he's uh, but he's lo he loves it. So that's that's what is the driving factor to me is he, he does enjoy it. And um, I hope he continues to learn from me uh, to become a better outdoorsman. Yeah, I. I've, I've said it to other people before. I feel like there's a natural progression with being a hunter. Like you've got, you've got going from like a rifle to a bow to even people drop down to recurves or long bows or whatever. And it, it, we make it harder on ourselves, right? It's like the more of the challenge, the better. I feel like one of the ultimate progressions as an outdoorsman is loving teaching somebody else about it just as much as you love doing it. And it's interesting because I find, I hear guides talk about that. Like they get out and they start guiding and they see other people having success and they don't even care to pull the trigger anymore or to hit the release on the bow. And um, I just think that's really cool when we can, when we can share that with the next generation or even peers that, that, have never done it. Like there's a couple people that haven't gotten turkeys ever, uh, that reached out to me recently. And one of them was my buddy. <laughs> it's funny. He actually messaged me and another good friend of mine, Drew, and the guy's name is Brandon. And he's like, Hey guys, any chance that I could come out and, and turkey hunt with you? And I, I called him on the phone and he explained to me that he had never killed a turkey. And I was like, dude, absolutely. Like opening day you're in, come on out. So then I respond back in the group message and I was like, Brandon, you're in. And Drew, because we're all really close friends and we give each other crap, he goes, Brandon, you're out. And <laughs> I messaged back and I just said, no, Drew, you're out. Brandon just took your spot. And so now that's just kind of, we're giving each other crap. But I love getting people out and I love watching like just their reaction. If I could just sit and watch someone's face as they experience a full hunt, I'd be so fulfilled and I wouldn't even need to carry a weapon. 
Absolutely. I agree hundred percent. And you said it there with, uh, and, and I can't wait till your kids are successful because I mean, it just gives me that tingling sensation to, to think about last year when he shot that, you know, his, that long beard or, you know, you know, he, that I just cannot get over that. I was more excited than he was for sure. You know, and he's been very successful in his short hunting career. So, uh, he was like, you know, he was pretty happy, but man, I was fired up and, uh, it was a good hunt. It was, you know, you play those, that memory back over and over and over. And, uh, I just, you know, I continue to, to, to think, man, I, you know, hopefully have, we have years and years and years to make more of these memories. So, yeah. Yeah. My, my kids, oh my gosh. I just, like I said, I'm getting, I'm getting giddy about getting my son out there. Cause I remember he was two and a half months old. I shot the biggest buck of my life and my wife heard it. She was sleeping inside. Um, it was like first thing in the morning, she was still sleeping and she calls me immediately. And she's like, that was you. Wasn't it? I said, I just shot the biggest buck of my life. Well, she gets my son who's two and a half months old at the time, all decked out. He's got this camouflage jacket with like blaze orange trim around the hood and around the zipper and she brought him out and I sat there with him taking pictures of me and my son and the deer and I remember then I was like oh my gosh I can't wait till he can actually understand what's going on you know he's just a baby he doesn't think about anything but sleep and milk and uh two years ago I was on the property that we lived on and I shot two does in the same morning with my bow and I could, I, I heard him crash. I knew basically where they were and I just wanted to go back and get my wife and kids. And so I brought my wife and both my kids down and they helped me and they got on the blood trail and like, I could already see the deer from a long way off, but they were so short, they couldn't see it. And so they're like helping me track it and just the look in their eyes. And you know, we had to explain to them, like they've seen, they've seen pigs and, and chickens that have died from one thing or another, or like we, but we would butcher pigs and chickens and then seeing deer, like they understand mortality and they understand death. And my, there might be some family members that aren't very fond of me when my kids are like, Hey, where's this animal? And I'm like, it's dead. And they're like, Oh my gosh, you just said that to your three-year-old. What's wrong with you? I'm like, no, they understand. Like it's not some crazy far off foreign thing. Like they've experienced it firsthand, but just having those memories with them to where they can experience things like that. And already like my daughter, I, I feel like she's going to be the diehard hunter between my two kids. Cause every time if we're driving down the road and we see turkeys or deer, dad, shoot it, shoot it. I mean, I'm like, that, that's not, you know, we'll all go to jail and they'll take my truck for that. Um, but yeah, there's just something about making those memories and seeing the progression and, and having, you know, those past pictures and stuff of of my son out there with me and now thinking that this year we could be out there together yeah it's uh it's always been it's always been a lot of fun and you'll you know my hunting takes you know kind of takes a back seat now um you know i might may or may not have a personal day planned for next monday so uh and my son's gonna be right there with me so uh, if I don't, if we don't kill anything, it's supposed to rain, but we're going to, you know, I don't think I've missed an opening day of turkey season ever, you know, so yeah. try to save a couple of personal days or something that we don't get very many as teachers, but, um, 
but I'll be, I'll probably be in the woods Monday morning with him for sure. Yeah. I, I would imagine that's gotta be kind of tough as a teacher. Like, I feel like there's a whole sect of teachers that are like, that should be petitioning to have from like August until December off. And then they can work the rest of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Happy with, you know, November, December, January. I mean, it, that would, that would make, that'd be fine with me, but it is what it is. So, (laughs) Hey, I mean, at least you can go, I mean, you can go back to Lake of the Ozarks. That's like peak season when you're off from school. Yeah. It's a different type of season though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, It definitely is. Um, so as far as like being an educator, like, are you able to get students out there? Like, I know that there's, you know, some, some school districts have, have different boundaries and guidelines between students and teachers and their interactions outside of the classroom. But I would imagine for you as, as a coach and an educator, like wanting to share those passions and share opportunities with students would probably be a pretty big deal. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I've actually never taken any of my uh, current students um, just to stay away from any legal issues or uh, anything like that, that that might be frowned upon Uh, where I'm in a small school district. So, uh, you know, we're, we're the type of school district where kids probably take off more kids take off on opening day deer season than than anybody. Yeah. But uh, I've got a lot of graduate students. I've got students um, in other school districts that are very close that I take hunting. Um, you know, th- are, are they friends with my current students? Absolutely. But I always maintain that, hey, when you graduate, you know, I'll I'll try to get you on some some ducks or some geese or something like that. Just just to uh, just to be try to go about it the best way possible. Um, so, you know, like great question. Um I would love to take all my kids hunting. Um, you know, we have conversations in class and, uh, you know, kids, I, kids are always the same. Kids don't change. Um, parents probably change, um, how they're raised change, how kids are raised now compared to how they were raised five, 10 years ago. That's all changed, but kids are still kids. Kids are still interested in things that they're interested in. Um, they're still, driven to do the right thing for the most part. Um, you know, especially at the, at younger ages, I love elementary PE because I am the most popular guy in the school. <laughs> of kids. I'm not that way towards high school PE, you know, um, I love it, but there's a, there's a group of kids that don't like me because I had to, I made them change into gym shoes today and they just wanted to sit in the corner with their hood on. So, uh, you know, that, that's why I love elementary PE. Um, I lo- I love that middle school age group. Um, I love coaching my high school kids, but the kids you're coaching are usually out there because they want to be out there. Uh, you know, but there's the education part of it is it's a challenge anymore. Um, we are, competing world, you know, I don't want to say, I don't want to put in a bad light, but we are competing against, um, a lot of factors, whether it's, you know, we're wrong or, you know, the parents, we're not treating the kids the way the parents think we should be treating them. When I promise you, I care, you know, you don't want to say that, but like there's kids, we have kids that are struggling and I, I would do anything in the world to try to help them. Um, 
but they don't, they don't see that, um, you know, because their mom doesn't think we're, or dad doesn't think we're treating them the right way. Uh, but you know, it comes with the territory. We, we just got to do our best every day and, uh, try to be a positive impact on everybody's life. Not just, not just the good kids. So that's kind of my philosophy through my whole teaching career, you know, Hey, you know, the good kids have it good, you know, for the most part, you know, there's a lot of kids on the skirt outskirts of, of it that we got to try to bring them in too. So, uh, but like you said, as far as the, the bringing those kids in, I, I get a, I get to teach archery to a lot of kids in middle oh, school nice. and like we're in archery unit right now. And, you know, I've got, uh, I've got some kids that they don't play football or they don't play basketball, but I'm like, Hey, we're shooting archery for the next two weeks. And they're like, awesome. I can't <laughs> wait. You know, I'm like, my, they're like, we're not, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to miss PE class today. Or, you know, sometimes a teacher would pull them off and say, Hey, can they work on something during PE? And I was like, not, not this week we're shooting archery. So, uh, that's just, uh, maybe it's going to be a stepping stone to them being an out, outdoorsman. Um, you know, a lot, there's a lot of good 3d ranges in the area. Um, but that's my hope, you know, Hey, they, they may not hunt, but maybe they'll spend money on archery and, you know, that money goes towards, um, you know, conservation or something else. Um, so that's, that's kind of my outlet on that. You know, we, uh, I try to, I would love to take mall hunting, but, um, I hunt a lot of public land and <laughs> I, I've lost some hunting spots to past students and that's part of it. it comes with I feel like you need to have them sign like a no compete deal. Yeah. <laughs> like, Hey, listen, if I show you this spot, man, uh, well, you're, you're on your own. We'll get into that. So, uh, absolutely. That's cool that that's cool that you guys are still teaching archery. I know growing up in Wisconsin, they taught archery in middle school and I'll never forget it. Like I've forgotten plenty of my thing was always gym, like put me in any classroom and I'll probably be thinking about playing sports or being in the outdoors. Um, I was always pretty good at math, but gym is where I excelled. I'm like, gym is the only class that I've never failed ever. Like every other class, I've probably failed once or twice. Um, but yeah, I remember we had archery and uh, having gone through hunter safety and being around a family of hunters uh, all the way, you know, from the time I was born, basically, they, the, the gym teacher told us that we could see how far we could shoot the bows. And so we just straight up like Robin Hooded these things. I mean, like 45 degrees and just launched them. And we got to each put like our initials on one of the fletching or like on the, on the shaft or something like that. And so we went out and we found them. And I was like, man, I've always wanted to do that since with like a really good compound bow. But you would have to almost do it in a desert at night with a, a lighted knock. Otherwise, you'd probably just never find it. Yeah. I, you, you see some videos on YouTube of people launching them, but, uh, when I was in school, we had an archery, we didn't have an archery program. We had an outdoor living program and, you know, the, the principal or the coach, they would, you know, they'd take a kid turkey hunting or something, or we brought our own bows to school, you know, checked them in at the office and went and got them. It's not like that anymore. No. <laughs> completely changed. Um, even in, 20 years. So, but, uh, it is, 
the NAS program is hands down amazing. It's a, uh, it's a great way to get kids into kind of started into archery and hopefully started into outdoors. And it is, I, I don't think there's anything safer. I'll tell you what, soccer is not safer than archery. <laughs> yeah. you know, I have more kids get kicked in the shins in a soccer unit or, you know, have to get scrapes and bruises, you know, uh, it's uh, super safe. And it's, a uh, you know, we had some parents that kind of voice that how safe is it? I was like, Hey, it is safer than, you know, anything that we can do, especially the way we teach it, you know, the 11 steps and the, that Olympic style archery and uh, the whistle commands. And it is, if, if you ever get a chance to go watch an ASP event and uh, they're blowing up everywhere, uh, Forsyth and Sparta, I think they get sent kids to, uh, to nationals every year. Um, Skyline has a great archery program, but it's, it's really cool to see, to see that, kind of blowing up in in the area yeah that's so awesome i like i don't know if my school ever offered it i don't like they taught us it in middle school and after that we didn't really have much of it like we had all sorts of different activities um that you could be a part of i remember they had in high school they had a hacky sack club um i joined that one i used to love hacky sacking uh they had an origami club they had all kinds of wild stuff, but I don't think we ever had like an actual archery competition deal. I will say me and I'm trying to think what year that was. I would have probably been a sophomore in high school, maybe a junior. And we started the second ever high school DU chapter in the country. And we just had a really awesome teacher that she taught, she led FFA in school and she encouraged us to like branch out and do different things, pursue, you know, our outdoor passions and stuff. And so we started talking about Ducks Unlimited. I had gone to a, an outdoor festival in Wisconsin and came back and a bunch of us decided to start it. And so we did and we put on a banquet and that was super awesome. But man, I would have, I would have made sure I had passing grades if I could have competed in high school in archery. <laughs> Well, that's the bass fishing is getting big. Um, yeah. We had a the the regional tournament, I believe. I'm not real familiar with it, but they had a big high school and middle school bass tournament at Truman this weekend, which uh, I went through Clinton on Friday night. And well, they had the they had a big uh, they had a big bass tournament as well. Uh, and man, there was there was a ton of people out there, and uh, you couldn't there there wasn't a motel or a hotel or anywhere around that didn't wasn't just loaded full of boats so uh that's that's really getting gaining some ground and hopefully that'll get some people into the outdoors too so yeah I bass fish when i was in school <laughs> I, I know done. i'm like dude th those were some of my favorite deals i had a i had another teacher he was a he was our biology teacher <clears throat> excuse me biology teacher i think he was the biology teacher for all freshmen and but he loved the outdoors and then as you got older i think he offered another class for like juniors or something like that but they would take you out and he'd take us outside and he'd be teaching us about the different trees and like what to look for what different bark meant about a tree um there was there was one teacher and i don't remember now if it was in middle school or high school but we got to go canoeing and we would go and catch like painted turtles in the local in, in just a pond in town and they're like hey we're gonna see how many different types of wildlife we can identify and to have things like that would be awesome i 
I talk to teachers about this all the time. I'm like, how do you feel about like the overall curriculum of high school? And I'm like, I, I don't remember ever using trigonometry, but I would have loved to know how to balance a checkbook. Like coming out of high school, I feel like that would have been helpful. Yeah, I agree. But man, that's that's super cool um, that that you're able to teach archery, that that you're able to get kids out so, like once they're out of high school and they've graduated um, that you can reconnect with them and get them in the outdoors and even kids from different school districts. Um, it, as far as have you thought about like starting programs uh, in the outdoors, like where it's a, I guess, a separate entity from school where you can get people out and, and almost do a mentorship program? Um, not, I haven't personally thought of that. Um, my time outside of, you know, as a coach, you're pretty much busy year round. Um, like I've got, we had to cancel games today because of the weather. I'm sure it's you guys are getting the same weather we have, but, uh, you know, during season, uh, you're just, I'm pretty busy during summer. You know, it never ends with summer camps and stuff, you know, a, a, a summer as a summer job or as a coach, you know, your summer is probably busier than your school year. I mean, I remember last year, two years ago, coaching basketball, you know, out of the 30 some days we had in, you know, 30 some days we had in June, looking at that schedule, like we're doing something 24 of those days, you know, whether it's, you know, it's not every program, but it'd be your junior high program or your high school program or, uh, or you're doing fundraisers or, you know, uh, you have contact days that you have to abide by, but, you know, that doesn't take you at a small school district like my, like I'm in, you know, your high school coach is going to probably be your junior high coach. You know, I'm an athletic director as well on top of coaching various sports. So uh, it would be great um, to, to, to get something started like that or to think of a, of a nonprofit um, or even to join a nonprofit and, and help out. But, uh, I still kind of value my time a little bit too. Um, maybe that's why I lean towards duck hunting because, you know, I can shoot my six birds as these guys shoot their six birds or, or something like that. But yeah, it, I, it would be something to look into in the future for sure, especially the older I get. Yeah. The, I guess it, that'd be tough, you know, to have the, the daytime hours that a teacher does. And then also to have all the extracurricular, you know, like pre or post school workout um, stuff or, or practices. And then, yeah, it makes sense to, to have that time for you to actually go and be able to enjoy the outdoors. Um, I worked, I worked for a couple different camps. Um, one as recently as like two years ago and then some, while I was in, <clears throat> excuse me, in college where we taught people, we taught kids like seven to 11 year olds at the one that I was at in college. We taught them archery. We taught them, um, BB gun shooting. They did fishing and then canoeing and kayaking. And it was just so cool. Like watching kids develop those skills. And I remember that it was some of their favorite things. Now as counselors, we would do all the really dumb reckless stuff. Uh, like we had tournaments, we'd, we'd do basically archery drive-bys and we'd put like the deer target up in front of like the big four, four foot wide, um, just bullseye target. 
and we'd we'd get on the back of the golf cart and we just floor it and you'd have to try to hit the deer target on a drive-by um that's that's some real redneck stuff right there but uh it's always fun it's just always fun to see people discover outdoor hobbies and passions and and to be able to share those with other people yeah absolutely um and it's just not, it's not just that i mean the the kids that I make those connections with, um, you know, those relationships as a coach, uh, the a coach player relationship. Um, some of my kids, I mean, I spend more time with them off season in season than I do with my wife. And I want to give a shout out to my wife because when duck season starts, if I'm not coaching and it's the weekend, I promise you I'm duck hunting. And she holds everything else. She kind of holds everything down at home. Um, you know, I, my, I've got a great wife and, and she supports me and she knows my kids love it too. So she wants them to go out and do things with me that we enjoy. So, uh, you know, she's a, she's a duck, duck season widow for sure. So for <laughs> Walter, our widow, I, I should say. So, uh, yeah, but I we feel, likes it. So I feel like every duck hunter out there, like, they either have an upset wife or an understanding wife. Like my wife is always like, I thought, I thought season just ended. I'm like, well, that season ended the new season began. And she's like, Oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, what was that? She's very understanding. So she, she allows me to do those things and, um, take, take my kids and take other kids out too. So. All right, guys, I need to take a quick second to tell you about a product that I've been using for quite a while now. It's called Bull Elk Beard Oil. If you've spent any amount of time in the outdoors, whether it's on the mountain, in the marsh, or in the woods, you've felt the effects of the wind, the sun, and the cold on your face. What this product does, it helps you look better, feel more confident, and it helps your beard keep its moisture. Not to mention, it smells great, so now my wife can't complain as much after I come home from a long week of elk hunting. Now I need to tell you, I've gotten to know Brian, the founder over the past couple months, and he is an awesome guy. Brian made sure that all of these oils are made out of clean products right here in the USA. He also loves to give back to the outdoor community, whether that's through fundraisers for public land acquisitions, or even helping donate money to cover the surgery cost of duck dogs. He's an amazing guy and he makes an amazing product. So go check out bullelkbeardoil.com and be sure to check out the subscription options so that you don't have to run out of your favorite facial hair product. Plus, you can use the code NOMADIC and get 20% off your order. That's awesome. What is What does this year look like for you? Do you, I mean, you mentioned crappie fishing, morels, turkey, that's all coming up pretty quick. And then in the fall, waterfowl and, and whitetail uh what else do you hunt i mean it seems like you're you're kind of in the same boat as me where it's like if it can be hunted if i can chase after it in the outdoors i'm going to absolutely uh i i love i my start my love my passion used to be bow hunting deer i've taken some nice 140 inch deer 135 inch deer uh you know that's those are nice deer in my area um, public land um, but, uh, I, when I started waterfowling, uh, that, you know, 
I will. I love to deer hunt still. I deer hunted more this last year than I have in previous years because my son got a crossbow and he wanted to go. Um, in my time, it made more sense to be closer to home sometimes because there's times waterfowling. I'll get home from a Friday night game at 1030 and I leave my house at midnight to drive three, four five hours. We'll drive. I mean, I hunt all over the state of Missouri as far as Northern Missouri and Kansas. Like we'll drive four hours to get into Kansas to go hunt, uh, hunt geese and we'll drive home after a hunt. I mean, that's, yeah. that's for us, for me and my group of guys on a, on a weekend, you know, uh, and we talk about, oh, we'll talk about scouting a little bit too. Um, but that's, that's kind of, I, I, I get everything started with that early goose season in October. Um, that's my man. I'm, I can't wait for early goose season in October. We get to shoot these locals that are stupid <laughs> and easy farm ponds. Like you don't get any better. It's, it's usually 75 degrees outside. My kids get to be in the blind with me uh, that, you know, Connor's going to be packing a gun. He's probably going to get to kill a couple that land, you know, that first goose comes in, he's water swatting it. Absolutely. Uh, and then it goes to early till season. Um, I didn't get a hunt a lot of early till season last year because uh, I had baseball. I, I coached fall baseball. So we had a couple tournaments. Um, I was able to put some of the kids that I hunt with on some absolute just banger hunts. Um, I think those kids that the kind of the kids that I met this year and uh, that's where that relationship started with me finding a real good core group of guys to hunt with. I've got a great group. Um, my friends are currently welders, foremen. They're out of the state, out of, you know, so my dad moved out, moved away from home for this last season. So I was by myself and I was Man. like, there's this group of kids um, that went to school graduated last year another kid's little brother goes to school at a at a local local school here close uh, you know they know i waterfowl hunt they see it on instagram they see it on facebook you know and the kid reached out to me and said hey you know what are you doing for till opener i said i can't hunt it but i know where birds are and i'll tell you where they're at and that's it seems to me that you know, if you call me and ask if I'm seeing birds, I'm not going to lie to you where on social media, that seems like that's a big no, no. Like, you know, don't tell me where your spots are at, you know, if you know, but, at, but they're till, right. They're blue wing till they're going to be here for 14 days or 10 days. Or if it drops below 32, they're going to be in Arkansas. Yep. So, Hey, I found about 2000 birds. They're going to be here. The weather looks good. I've got a baseball tournament Saturday. Go kill him. And he looked at me like, you know, you're pulling my leg. <laughs> no, go kill him. I can't hunt him. Somebody needs to kill him. So they went Saturday. They shot a six-man limit. Holy cow. They, they went Sunday. They shot a four-man limit. And he called me and, you know, he's like, hey, I like, what do I need to do? to make this up to you. I was like, what do you mean? Like, 
I'm glad, you know, Hey, I'm glad you killed them. That's why, that's why I told you to go there. But you know, there a lot of kids or younger people getting into the sport. Um, I think, you know, I'm hopefully my group of guys are great guys. I trust them with my life. I trust them with my kids' lives. Uh, they're not selfish. Um, they're, and everybody has a group. I've got a group of four guys that just, you know, we are, we, we, I buy stuff, they buy stuff. I have a boat, they have a mud boat. You know, I have, I can go get their mud boat to run the marsh and not even tell them and just bring it back or leave it at my house. You know, we got a really good core group of guys. You know, we all pitch in and buy decoys. We all take care of each other. We all scout together, you know, and I hunted this, this last season, I hunted with more kids or more younger guys than I have ever hunted with in my life. And, and we'll, you know, as we continue in the conversation, I'll talk about what's important in, and to me, as far as a waterfowl hunter about showing these guys how to do it, showing them the ropes. And they were just astonished. They're like, I, I can't believe you showed us where these birds were at. Like you, sh I was like, yeah, I call that, you know, the till tree. It's, <laughs> it is a money spot. I mean, it's, you know, we've, we've had years, you know, you have a, you have a till season where you're only hunting week weekends, you know, and you have four guys and, or five guys, or, you know, different groups of guys Well, you're shooting, you're shooting, you shoot 100, 107, 110, 115 till in a till season. That, that, that's a pretty good start to your, to your waterfowl season, you know, and, you know, we've had years where we shoot, you know, geese, till six, seven hundred, eight hundred birds. And you're just like, you know, Hey, we, that we would have never had that if we didn't shoot 137 till, yeah. you know, or, or we had a couple or we shot 72 geese in the, on the, on the early goose opener, you know, in those three weeks or two weeks or however many weekends that, that it's open that year, you know, those are all really good starts to your season. Now you're looking at 200 birds and duck season hasn't even opened up yet. You know, and I'm not talking individually shooting birds. I'm talking a group of six guys or, you know, oh, just, yeah. just for that many birds fall. Uh, so, you know, that's, they were astonished and we didn't really talk again till duck season and uh i'm 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 gonna hunt you know i'm still gonna hunt uh and these kids i know their family they are great kids they're exceptional kids they were driven athletes uh you know but uh and i'll kind of go through this if we're kind of wanting ready to get started into it oh yeah you know as far as me when i bring i don't want to label everybody as millennials or 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 whatever, you know, don't want to put any video on that or anything, but these, these are kids to me. I mean, I, I'm, I'm teaching kids their age. I'm hopefully going to, going to give them something that they can take hold. And I'm out in the marsh one day. I didn't know they had a boat. Um, I was out in the marsh, one of the local marshes, and I was scouting to hunt. And that's probably my most important thing. Uh, to be successful. I mean, I had a lot of days this year that I was successful, but there's a lot of days where I would go hunt scout or scout, just scout in general and find birds. And, you know, maybe I hunt scout two days, I hunt one day. Uh, and I was out and I, and I see these kids out there. And I said, you know, Hey, 
I, I couldn't hunt the opener this year because I was, I had a kid running in the cross country uh, and I'm not necessarily a cross country coach, but we had some turnover and, and I had to go coach cross country this year with my wife. So I had a kid running at state. Well, state cross country is Saturday, Sunday. And <laughs> I missed duck opener for the first time in 13. 13- oh, that'd be tough. <laughs> and these kids, you know, I'm scouting in the marsh and I meet these kids in the marsh, you know, the week before season. Cause we were, I was scouting and they're like, Hey, you know, we don't know what we're doing. Uh, I've never been here before. I'm said, Hey, you need to be careful in these areas, you know, watch what you're doing. And they're like, well, do you want to go hunting with us on opener? I was like, no, I, I can't. I've got school stuff going on. And they had a pretty dang good opener. They shot a bunch of green wing till. Um, they shot some gadwall. Um, they shot a couple mallards. They had a good opener. They shot. Uh, they shot a four man. Six guys shot a four man. Uh, pretty, you know, pretty good, pretty good hunt. That's a great hunt. You know, if yeah. I, if I'm in fifteen birds, that's a phenomenal hunt. I mean, I don't have shoot limits every time. That's where I'm at in my career. Well, they want to shoot limits. I'll just tell you right now, these kids. They want to shoot limits. Uh, they want to, you know, every hunt wants to, they just want to go hunt. And we got to talk and I was like, Hey, I will tell you where to scout. And if you find birds and you can hunt them, but I need to know that you found birds there. We need to be completely open with this. I said, cause this is how I am with my group of guys. I will be completely open with you till you burn me. Yeah. I'll go find more birds because I've been doing this for 15, for 16 years. Like I'll find a way. Um, so I, I say that, and I have some notes wrote down. I said, for me, bringing new people in, you have to be ready for social media. And that might be what they're posting. That might be, and I always tell them, Hey, if you shoot birds on Saturday or Sunday, you don't post till the following Friday because <laughs> it's true. I mean, yeah. I don't know. They post that, that day they went and hunted those birds. They shot, they shot limits to till two days in a row. And he texts me, he's like, man, all these guys are wanting to go hunting with me all the time. And I'm like, yeah, cause you're successful. And, uh, he's like, my DMS are blowing up or my text. Everybody's text messaging me. I said, yeah, but who put in the work to do that? I did. You did. You went out there and hunted them. I told you where they were. Um, you shot. You shot your birds. I said. You know. At the same time, sometimes you're going to have to tell people no, or people are going to get butt hurt over not being successful. Yeah. And I've always. I've. I've. You know. I tell them pretty straight up. Hey, I don't care if you hunt this, but if you bring people here, they need to know you know, this is my spot or they need to be people that you trust because it's going to happen. I lost a spot this year. I took some kids. They shot. We shot. Actually, I tell you what, we took some, I took some kids from another school and we shot a four man limited till and three volleys. I cleaned birds and was made it to school before seven thirty. shooting light was like seven. Oh, eight. We were done by seven sixteen. Blueing to cow killed or shot those birds before, before school. I mean, just on, 
on the local lake. I mean, I mean, I live between Truman and Palmy. You can figure out where it's at. Uh, and I came back the next day and I'm big on pick up your holes, clean up your blinds. And I come back the next day and you know, they, there was like two holes on the ground. I'm like, wait a minute. Like I went over this and the blind that I had made was freshly brushed in. So I'm just like, all right, you know, and come to find out they'd went back several more times and, you know, shot a few birds. And, uh, and I told them that's fine, you know, but the courtesy thing would have been to do, Hey coach. Cause that's what a lot of the kids call me. That's my nickname coach. Hey coach, can we go hunt that spot tomorrow? And I would have said, absolutely go get them. I can't do it, yeah. but you know, but as I'm bringing these guys in trying to show them how to do it the right way, it was neat to see. I had a couple hunts this year where we shot a seven man limit of birds on public land. We're talking Jeez. all four of your mallards and all, and then one pintail each seven man <sighs> mallards, seven man. And you can check that on, out on my, my Instagram page. It was an absolute, absolute amazing hunt, you know, seven man of mallards, seven man of pintails, uh, had a bonus. I think we had a bonus shoveler in there, a couple till maybe. But when I say seven man, I'm talking your six bird limit and your mallards, you know, and then shot, shot, shot pintails. I saw more pintails this year than I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but those, so we have those hunts and you, you kind of surround yourself with like-minded guys. I've got a really good group of guys I hunt with. I like to think we do it the right way. I want to shoot mallards at 15 to 20 yards in the decoys. Okay. And I've been in those knockdown drag out screaming matches in the marsh before where people swing birds or something like that. But like, I want to shoot birds close. Most importantly, ammo is hard to find right now. So if I can go on a hunt and shoot, I had a couple hunts this year with these kids where I would clean up a couple cripples on the water just so my dog wasn't going to chase a duck. But I had a couple hunts where we shot uh, a three-man six-bird limit, shot our pintails, shot our bonus ducks several times with these with this group of kids. Um, and I shot my birds, maybe cleaned up a couple birds on the water and shot 12 shells the entire hunt. <laughs> and that, right, to me, that's doing it right. You know, that's shooting birds close, that's shooting birds um, in the decoys, over the decoys, back flapping. Uh, you know, some of these hunts, we don't even take a dog sometimes because they're, you know, when you shoot a bird at 15 yards, you, you know, you can just walk out there and get it in the, in the marsh, you know? Uh, so that's, that's a big thing for me is, Hey, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to do it right. Well, then we take the kids. I'm with these kids and I have my son with me. We're trying to get him a bird. Just one, just, he's never killed a green headed. He's never killed a green head. Never killed a mallard, Drake Mallard. He's shot some hens. He shot some teal, but we we had a good hunt. We we you know we're right on the verge of shooting a limit, a four man limit, and all they can think about is trying to land a bird for my son. They're not worried about shooting limits because we we should have shot our limit out that day. They're not worried about shooting limits. All they can think about is hey, we're going to land a bird at 
15 yards so Connor can shoot it with his 410. And I don't think they were there when we started till hunting or when they were till hunting together. They were, man, they were happy to shoot limits of birds. Yeah. And we got to that threshold where I'm like, you know, I heard a couple times later in the year, the last part of the year, we shot a double band this year with, I shot a double band with those two kids, this uh, money band, um, a hundred dollar reward band. It was a mallard. I don't, I don't know if, who killed it i'm pretty sure the kid killed it and the first thing he do he 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 did his brother went out and got it and was like holding this double banded mallard up and i'm just like i've never killed a mallard band i've killed several geese bands and he's less like hey you killed that bird and i was like no i don't think so you know i'm pretty sure i i don't i think i shot at it i don't think i killed it he goes it doesn't matter he goes we'll just split the band and i'm just like you know, that's the kind of kids I want to hunt with. That's, yeah. you know, and they're 20 years old, 17 years old. Um, I'm just like, man, these are, these are, these are good kids, good dudes. Um, but hopefully I help them with that. You know, I, you know, this is their first year he's in college. He's in he's graduated last year and his brother's in high school still. Well, this is a really their first year where they're like traveling to waterfowl hunt. Well, hopefully and i did, i think i did, had a good impact on them you know but it was fun to see that change cuz the the old guys are dying out yeah. you know there's no old waterfowlers there there's a ton of old waterfowlers but that that and i i hope this don't offend anybody but i have seen this younger generation of waterfowlers they are deadly they are absolutely deadly. They, they hide good. They work hard. They scout hard. You know, I want to be like, Oh man, these guys remind me of myself. They don't because I taught myself to waterfowl hunt and these kids are just killing it. You know, these young kids are just out there. That hunt we had where we shot that double band, we shot a three man limit in about 45 minutes, all of our mallards, all of our pintails with a double band. And it was a three mile, boat ride with a half a mile walk across a muddy field with three dozen decoys, two spinners, blinds, an entire A-frame blind that weighs 80 pounds. And I told them this and they're just like, let's go. Like they were just chomping at the bit. And uh, I had scouted that two days in a row prior to hunting it. Didn't shoot a bird. I was hunting, but I didn't shoot a bird prior to hunting that uh, particular ground that we found. And it was just one of those things where I would have never found it. I was up early hunting anyways. And I kid you not, there's just this flooded. I don't even know how it got there because it's not on Google Maps, but six inches deep with about three acres of smart weed. And it was I bet it had, I've got videos of birds of my light, my phone hitting them and the whole sky is black with birds getting out of that hole. So, uh, it was a, it was a heck of a hunt. Um, but those, I told those kids, Hey, you're in it. Like, and you know, I have on here too, you know, when you're hunting with kids, you need to prepare to hunt alone because they, they may have a girlfriend break up with them or they may, <laughs> homework or they may have their parents may say no or 
you know, Hey, it's, that's a late morning, you know, and I know all these kids, parents, they're great yeah. parents. They know me, but they may still say, Hey, you know, I know you're going out with, with Mr. Saltz tomorrow, but you know, I feel like it's going to be nasty conditions. I don't want him to have to drive you guys out in the rain or sleet or whatever it is. Uh, but I'm still going to hunt. So there's been some mornings where we have stuff planned up and I get a call at, you know, four 30 or three 30 saying, Hey, uh, can't make it or, Hey, I'm really tired. I had a, I had a football game last night. Um, I can't be there tomorrow. And there's no hard feelings with that. You know, I'm a coach. I know how that, how that is, but I still love to hunt. So I'm still going to get out there. To hunt. <laughs> you know, some, sometimes you have to prepare to, to hunt alone or just the two of you go me and my, my, my kid, I hunt with me and Taylor. I said, you know, Hey, we'll, we'll just go then, you know, no biggie. See you in the morning. But, uh, you know, I say be ready for the social media because they're going to post, they're going to yeah. post, they're going to post the way there, you know, Hey, look, it's four o'clock in the morning, duck tunes on the way to the marsh or, you know, and maybe they post a picture of the boat ramp you're at or, you know, that's why I said, lose some spots, prepare to hunt alone, have a plan B, C, D, E, F, you know, uh, because, you don't want them, you want them to be successful, but like that hunt where we shot that double band, I knew, I knew 100%. I've been doing this long enough. I knew it. We had a North wind blowing 30 spitting rain, uh, migration day as waterfowlers call it. Uh, there was already 20 or uh, there's already two or 3000 birds using that hole. They were roosting off of the edge of that hole. I knew when, when I talk to those kids, cause you know, my typical groups welding or those guys are working. So I knew I was going hunting there and why I invited them or told them, Hey, I've got a good spot lined out. I've got it scouted out. I didn't say, Hey, we're going to go shoot a three man. It was supposed to be a four man. Cause there, another kid was supposed to come. He didn't, like I said, something came up. Uh, I said, Hey, I think I have a pretty good spot. You know, I, I think we're going to see birds going to have good opportunities i didn't say hey we're going to have a banger we're going to go shoot a four-man limit of of mallards we're going to go shoot a four-man limit of pintail i've got videos of that scout uh it was like just pintail just 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 going crazy oh and, gosh uh, and uh and he you know he knew the kid the older brother knew it was probably gonna be a pretty good hunt and uh but i didn't tell him that and i said hey it's going to be, and I tell you, my legs were burning. I'm pulling a jet jet sled, and these kids are, you know, they're they're they lift hard. You know, a lot of a lot of high school athletes do now. Anyways, they I mean they're leaving me. I'm I've, I like to play sports still. I'm I still play basketball a couple times a week, and these kids are just like walking out, leaving me, and I, and they've got you know 200 pounds on a jet sled. And I'm just like. They earned, they're going to, they earned what they're getting ready to have. Cause I knew it was going to be a banger in about 45 minutes. We were done. So it, it, it pretty good. So, uh, but it was good. It was, it, and this, that, that kid, those, that group of kids is they, they're hard to find. They're the kind of kids that you want to find to teach how to be good waterfowlers, how to be good turkey hunters, how to be good fishermen, like they are the model 
kid, if I could say, Hey, I want to teach that kid how to, how to Turkey hunt or how to waterfowl. They have all the attributes anytime. Like I would, they would call me and be like, Hey, what do you think of this? Or what area, like, I'm going to go, go scout some stuff. You want me to scout anything for you? And they never took kids there that I didn't trust. They never took kids there that they didn't trust. Um, I lost some spots this year. I had some spots burn out this year because of people that I trusted, but it was never those kids. And I, and I think the reason it was that way was because I set a good foundation that said, these are my expectations. You know, I want you to be successful. I want to be successful. Uh, don't, don't tarnish that or don't ruin what, what, what we're doing. And I'll tell you what, several times, because there was times where I had a game. I wasn't going to get back till 1030. I didn't want to leave the house at midnight to save a spot because we hunt a lot of public. It's all public. Everything I hunt is public. And I'd be like, and he's, you know, so he called me and said, Hey, I'll go sit in your spot for you in the morning. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, well, I'm not going to hunt it because I'm going to go hunting with my brother on a different spot on the lake, but I'll go drop. I'll go to your spot. I'll drop my brother off and the guy we're hunting off at my spot. And then I'll drive my boat to where you want to hunt and I'll sit in your spot. And I'm like, well, what time are you going to get there? And he's like, I'll get there at one. I was like, I mean, that's what time you have to get there. I mean, we're talking, we're talking, sit, sit, sleeping out in the marsh for four or five hours. And I was like, he goes, you show up at six, you show up at five 30 or six o'clock. And then I'll drive my boat back to our spot. I'm just like, you know what? Like, you know, thank you. You know, cause I, you know, sometimes it's, it's not hard for me to get up, but I don't want to get my son. Cause I'd take my son with me. I'll take Connor with me and he may not shoot that day, you know, but I may say, you know, Hey, I, I'm wanting to take Connor tomorrow. Me and Taylor's going to take Connor tomorrow, you know, but I don't necessarily want to wake my son up at 1230 to leave the house or I don't want to leave the house at 1130 and then have my son sleep in a, on a marsh stool or sleep in the boat for six, seven hours when it's 30 degrees out. Yeah. But they saved me several times this year and they're a good group of kids. And, uh, and that they've, we've developed a relationship now. Like, you know, they can't wait for next year. I saw their dad at a baseball game the other night and he was just like, you know what? I am so, uh, appreciative of how you have taken care of my kids. You know, you would drive them out there. So he's like, I can't tell my oldest one no, because he's don't live with me. He's like, but he would ride with you out there when it was supposed to be freezing rain or something. And he's like, you know, I, I trusted you and you just absolutely went above me on to take care of my kids. And, uh, but they've earned it, you know, they've earned my trust and they've, they've definitely, definitely, uh, worked hard for it, you know? So, man, it's it sounds like you've, I mean, you've got a good core group of guys. You've got a good core group of younger guys that you're teaching how to do it right. I mean, even just the scouting side of it, putting all that time and energy into finding the birds, even if it means you're hunting for one day instead of three because you're scouting for the first two. Like, that is one of the most valuable tools and one of the most underrated things in the hunting community because everyone wants to go and kill something every time, you know? Yep. And it's like, you could either have the best hunt ever because you put in the work ahead of time, or you could have a couple very average or below average hunts just because you want to go sit and you don't want to be driving around looking for birds. But 
Um, dude, that's it. Yeah, it sounds like you're in a great spot. That many teal, holy cow. I haven't <laughs> killed that many teal since I've lived in Missouri. I've been here since 2007, minus two years in Colorado. So that's pretty that's pretty killer. Um, and I feel like we're going to probably have to get together and do a hunt at some point. I don't want to come and blow up your spots. Uh, it sounds like you've got the right stuff going on. So uh, it's funny you say that because this year, migration year, last year was a bad year. I want to say like we, we probably shot 400 birds, but we didn't shoot 400 ducks. I mean, we probably shot 300 geese. So this year was complete opposite. Like I, and I, I'm a duck hunter. I love, I'm a waterfowler, but I'm a, I love shooting mallards. Uh, I like shooting geese. I do that a lot. My family's, I've got a lot of family in Kansas. Uh, but I, I just, there's just something about working a group of or 15 or 20 mallards coming in and back flapping and, you know, just committing to the call. Um, I like calling it birds. Um, I like calling right. I don't want to blow them out. I just, you know, being soft. Um, and these guys I hunt with those kids, they're not bad callers. You know, they're not out there. You know, they, we, we hear people on the other side of the marsh. It sounds like Stuttgart. Um, but, uh, it's, it's what it sounds like. And we're just like, Hmm, you know, I'm not even, gonna, I'm going to pull a Drake whistle out for the next three hours or, uh, we're going to get their attention and we're going to see what happens. You know, uh, less callings, more. You hear that a lot. Um, you know, if you're in the right spot, you don't necessarily need to call. But I like seeing birds react to a call. And we have the same calling style. I don't, you know, everybody's got their own calling style. I have a very passive calling style. The couple guys I hunt with are a little more aggressive. So I'm the kind of, I'm the second guy on a meat composition. Or I'm, uh, I'm the trail guy. Or I follow their notes. Uh, but we've been doing this together. My core group's been hunting together for eight years. Nice. Uh, we built, literally built a boat together, uh, with the long tail mud motor. I mean, we're talking these, all, my buddies are all welders. Like I bought a boat, we welded it together in pieces and it was like the community boat. And there's more times it was at Taylor's house. I hunt with two tailors. So to big Taylor, little Taylor, you know, they had the boat more than I did. Um, so really good group of guys. We still hunt together. Um, you know, we're all in town right now. Um, unfortunately, the two, the t big Taylor and Riley, the other guy I hunt with, you know, they found a mess of mushrooms yesterday. They were rubbing it in my face and I haven't really been out much, but that having that core group has been a good foundation for me to learn how to hunt. And then my education, my teaching part of it, you know, I think that helps me try to get new kids in, new people into the outdoors. My dad was not a waterfowl hunter. He's not. He's a turkey hunter. He's a deer bow hunter. He loves to bow hunt. Um, that's where I learned to bow hunt. But that first hunt I ever took him on, I had a year. We had a year there where we, our banner year is 500 ducks. So whether it's four guys or five guys or six guys, you know, you know, I'm not shooting 500 ducks, but no. if there's 500 ducks fall, that's a banner year for me. Well, we had, we had a uh, 16, 15, 16, 17, uh, where we went, maybe it was even a little before that I would have to look at pictures and stuff, but we had a year there where we shot 500 mallards three years in a row. And it was, I was, I was taking people, I was taking 
friends. And I'm not the greatest waterfowler in my area. I think I hunt hard and I hunt all over the state of Missouri. I hunt Kansas. Uh, I, you know, I hunt pretty hard. And the benefit about being a teacher is I have, I have some personal days I can take off. I get to hunt just about every weekend. And then I get Christmas break. Well, that Christmas break is 15, 16, 17, 18 days sometimes. And uh, my wife tells me I have to be there on Christmas Eve. I have to be there on Christmas Day in the morning. And I can go <laughs> Christmas Day at night. So, uh, but, you know, and we had some cold weather that year. We had some great food uh, as far as on the marshes we hunt, on the public land we hunt. And we shot, you know, 500 birds three years in a row, 500 mallards. And you're just, I keep a notebook of how, how we do, you know, and it's been up and down the last couple of years. This last year was pretty dang good year for me. Uh, I know a lot of people, we got some reports of stale birds, calendar birds come through pretty early, had a good year, had a good, good couple of weeks with the calendar birds. And it just seemed like the birds stayed and got, you know, but you learn to hunt, you know, I may not hunt a weekend. I may scout. Well, maybe I've got a person, maybe I have only have two personal days. I'm going to save one of them for that first migration day. I'm going to hunt that migration day, you know, and it, you know, I, I, I have the ability to have that big spring break or a big Christmas break. And so I'm, I'm trying to hunt or scout every day of that break. And, uh, so that's really helped me. Um, but like you like we talked earlier that having that core group of guys has been vital. Cause I know other, I have other friend groups. I, I hunt with them. They have a core group of guys. I've got a, a group of friends. I'm really good friends with a guy, and they're up north of me. They are the they smash the geese. Like if you want somebody on on your podcast that kills geese in Missouri, I know the guy you need to talk to because just absolutely crush the geese. And like where where we shoot ducks mostly, we shoot some geese too. Opportunistically, they they they're on geese all year, um, and you know, we had th those good years. I mean, it was every hunt we're shooting birds. Every, every, every hunt we're shooting birds quick. We're getting in there, getting out. Uh, and it, you know, I don't want to take that for granted at all. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not a known person. I'm just an average guy like everybody else. There's, I guarantee you there, there's better callers out there. There's better waterfowlers out there. Um, I've, you know, there's a kind of a group of guys starting to waterfowl in my area. They're, they're pretty good hunters. We're, we're kind of competing against each other, but at the same time, if you're shooting birds, Dan, if you shoot birds, I better be able to shoot birds. Cause if you're finding birds, surely I can find birds. Yeah. And that's like, I don't want to compete with anybody. I have to just work a little harder. I need to find birds of my own. But if you're, if you're killing birds consistently, I think I can kill birds consistently. And I, I, I root for you just as much as me. Cause if I see you doing well on social media, then I'm probably, you know, I probably need to pick up my scouting or change my area. And that's just how I've always looked at it. Um, I'm not one to get jealous. Um, I used to be probably, but the older I get, I'm not now. I just, I feel like, Hey, if you're killing birds, that's awesome. You know, if, if, uh, if you're, but I also feel like too, as the coach and the competitor in me, like, Hey, if you're killing birds, I need to do a better job scouting. I need to go find some birds of my own. And, uh, that's kind of my driving 
important factor. Like, don't be jealous. Don't get butt hurt when you see things on social media. Don't uh, don't lash out. Don't be bitter. If somebody steals your spot, I've had my spot stolen. I've had my spots. I had my spots. I had a couple spots burn out this year. And they're guys I know. They're friends. They, you know, did they break that friend code? I don't know. Not really. You know, they may watch this and be like, ha, he's talking about me. <laughs> but at the same time, like, hey, I'm happy they killed birds. I couldn't hunt it that day. You know, I, I don't know what else to tell them. I just wish they would have been like, hey, you know, because they told other people in our friend group, like, hey, I'm going to go hunt Chandler's spot tomorrow since, since he wouldn't take me with him yesterday. Or which is what it is. I just wish they'd been like, hey, man, you smashed the birds today you know, I'm going to head over there tomorrow and I'll be like, you know what? South, there's got a South wind. It's kind of going to be weird, but you're going to have the sun at your back. So go hunt that tree line or, you know, I'm very open to towards, you know, down the line, if we develop a friendship or something and you want to kill birds or something, absolutely. Like I, I will tell anybody where birds are at, especially if they're birds I can't kill. You know, I'm, I'm a weekend warrior. You know, I, I, I want people to be successful. Um, and my driving factor is something that I wrote down and I kind of circled is like failure is always an option. Like you, these new kids, like they knew going into some of these hunts, we may not kill a bird. Now I scout, try to scout pretty good, but I also, I don't want, I think I've seen some kids, I've taken some kids hunting or some friends hunting before. Uh, one of my best friends is spoiled to death. He's thank goodness. He still loves to hunt because we had some rough hunts. But the very first hunt we go on, we shoot a six-man of geese. The second hunt I take him on, we shoot a five-man of birds right. I mean, right. And he's a – I don't want – he's the best shot I know. He shoots trap. He's – and he's just like – he's making these crossing shots at till. I don't pull the trigger because I'm – you know, they're five yards off the water, you know, come in over your head and – 15 feet away, my pattern's not big enough. I need to be shooting a solid off shot that close. But he's he's a heck of a shot. Well, he, I mean, first two hunts he's ever been on, he just crushes birds. And he looks at me and Taylor and he's like, why haven't I been doing this my whole life? Like, I was like, dude, it's not this easy. It's not. Like, don't, don't get spoiled. I said, but remember what these days are like because there's a lot of days that are going to be tough there's a lot of days where you know there's a lot of times i've sit daylight to dark and shoot uh two two jacks you know shoot two uh you know two shovelers or something you know you're glad to have those two shovelers you know uh but i you know i always i always look that way it may not be a good hunt it's better than being at home all right i love my family but you know it's better than being at work. Um, you know, I like being out on the marsh. There's just something about a sunrise on the lake. You know, I don't want to <laughs> be the one to post some sunrise pictures because I'm probably not killing. But it's just something magical. We try to cook breakfast every morning. I mean, we cook, you know, you're out there for two hours before sunlight on some of these public marshes, some of these public lakes that we hunt just to have a spot, have a good time, cook, you know, my JD will smoke a cigar or I'll cook breakfast, you know, have a good time with it. Um, them kids really like having a, a warm breakfast when it's, you know, 14 degrees out and your, your waiters are froze every time you get out of the water, but, you know, try to make it as comfortable as you can and have a good experience. But, you know, I, I was, I always tell them, 
or tell people when I start, Hey, it's not guaranteed. So if you get a good one, remember it. And, uh, if, if you, uh, if you have a bad one, well, just makes that good one, that next good one, that much better. So. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, man. It, there's something about getting out there and yeah, even it, even if you have a tough day on the water, it beats the heck out of being at work or, you know, doing something that, uh, doing some adult activity that you have responsibilities with. Um, but man, getting, getting new people out there, teaching them how to do it right. That's just, it sounds like you're, you're a great representation of what I think a lot of sportsmen and women need to be where, you know, you're not getting jealous. You're not, you're not, um, competing against everybody else. You're competing against yourself and you're, you know, pushing yourself. If other people are doing it, you should be able to do it too. So work harder at it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool to hear. It really is. And I didn't know that many birds existed in Missouri. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do a lot better this year of scouting and finding them. I don't think they quite made it down to you guys. Cause we hunted, uh, we kind of hunted the, that Kansas line a little bit North of, uh, North of us. Um, there was a lot of birds in Northern Missouri for a long time this year. They, I mean, they, they were there. I mean, grand pass held that one time was holding 90,000, a hundred thousand birds. Uh, I think they were pretty nocturnal, but I mean, then, there was a lot of birds in, in Northern Missouri for a long time. So, yeah, we, I, I noticed that I go back to Wisconsin every year, uh, deer hunting and it's, it's been tough the past several years I've gone up there and I have seen birds just hanging out. I mean, they're hanging out in any open pool of water and there's years where there's open water everywhere even in late November, which is odd, you know, typically they should be pushing down here by that point. Um, I've got, I've got a lot of people that I know up in Minnesota, Wisconsin area that luckily I can be like, Hey, you know, what are the birds doing? Are you seeing a lot of birds pushing out? And it's really tough to hear when they're like, no, no, they're not. We're hunting the same groups of birds every day. Like they're not going anywhere. Can you hear me? Uh, Yep. I got you. Uh, but kids, we talked earlier about kids are always the same. Um, I think as an educator and we'll get back in that a little bit as an educator, the, my biggest complaint about kids are they don't know how to be unsuccessful. Uh, they don't know how to, how to fail. Their parents don't maybe don't allow them to, to, to have any failure in their life. And, uh, you know, I want my kids to be unsuccessful. I want them to know what it feels like my two, my, um, so I think that when they're, when just in anything, when they're not successful hunting, maybe that puts a bad taste in their mouth and in anything we do, anything I do, you know, it's, it's, it is almost the journey. I know that's cliche, but like, I enjoy being out there as much as I enjoy being successful. Uh, and I'm, I'm 31. I'm not, I'm not young, but I'm not old. Um, you know, my dad, he loves spending time with me out there. You know, he, you know, it's his, 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 he just likes being out there with me. He's new to waterfowl. He's still learning things all the time, you know? And, uh, but they just, that they don't know how to have any failure and recover from it. 
And hopefully, hopefully, you know, when I'm around my kids or, or the kids I teach, like it's okay to be unsuccessful and do it's not okay to not learn from that, but it is okay to be unsuccessful. And, uh, we see a lot of guys in the marsh, a lot of old guys that are doing the same thing day in and day out. There are those old guys that throw out 15 dozen decoys and they hunt in a, they don't ever get out of the boat and they're hunting in a giant barge out in the bar, out off the lake. And I'm like, man, I can, I drive over a bridge on one of the, at the local, you know, I drive over a bridge at Truman and there's a guy out there off a point with six dozen decoys in this hard side boat line. And you know what? That guy is having the time of his life. I promise you. Cause yeah. he's out there. You know, uh, I'm not there yet. You know, I don't know if I'll ever be there. <laughs> I do. I do like being successful, but you know, it, it's neat to see some of these young kids want to pack in a set of fast strike blinds, three miles, uh, or a a frame that weighs 80 pounds, you know, half a mile through the, through the mud and the marsh. And, uh, I've got some good kids around me. Um, I hope to con- continue to be an impact on their lives. But I, I mean, like I said, you know, if listeners out there, like try to try to groom some kids into doing the right thing, trying being good outdoorsmen, doing the right thing, um, being good hunters, being good sportsmen, uh, not just doing it for the grip and grins. Like, hey, I love a good stack of mallards belly up as anybody. But uh man, I love seeing them work. I love, I love, I like the whole process. I love scouting. Uh, I, my truck is dirty. I mean, my truck is dirty. <laughs> my wife doesn't joke. Like she's like, I can't get near your truck. You know, I, it, you know, it looks like it's covered in clay. It's a white, I have a white Silverado and it is just nasty during duck season, but you can't wash it. You so many back roads and stuff, you know, yep. but, uh, they're in the same boat. I, uh, you know, I, I like seeing them be successful and, and get after it. And I, you know, I got a scout rig now. I got a little Impala car that gas prices are so high, but I can, I could go $50 on a tank of gas where my truck would be a hundred dollars, you know, same, same mileage. But you know, it, it's also, I don't feel like it's as noticeable. You're out there driving by the marsh in a little car. So Maybe, maybe people don't notice you stopping on the side of the road, scouting out spots. But, yeah, uh, Priuses and Subarus, man. I mean, those are, those are as good as it gets. That'd be nice. So, uh, but it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a, I had a great year. I mean, it was good timing for this podcast because I've always hunted with guys my age, you know, as a, I, I love the education part of it. And, and I've never, I've always been nervous about um, trying to get kids involved you know, at that age group. Cause you know, you know, their, their kid parents may not know you. And I had a good, good group of kids to do that with. I knew their parents, you know, they're from a local school district, uh, uh, County away. Uh, and it was just the, the right time. And then to see them continue, like they're ate up with it, but to see them continue to, to have that drive and to be great waterfowlers, great hunters. Um, it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's hard to beat and, and 
I'm open to meeting new kids, but I'll, there's like, I've hunted with a lot of kids this year that show up <laughs> after, you know, I get an invite. Hey, come hunt with us. We can't, I can't to blow a goose call. Can you come hunt this farm pond with me? And I'm there. There's three of us that are there at, at five o'clock putting out decoys, breaking ice. And then a group of kids roll in at seven o'clock with <laughs> AC's pizza and, you know, and want to jump in the, the, the A-frame and it is what it is. I mean, those aren't kids I, I necessarily try to want to hunt with. And I can see where some kids get a bad or some people or hunters or, uh, you know, a lot of young guys, college guys, you know, you get a bad taste in their mouth. You see all the boat races down in Arkansas and stuff, but you know, they're out there, you know, bottom line is there, 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 there's always going to be people that are doing things differently than you. Um, you just have to, like I said earlier, try not to get jealous, try not to get a bad taste in your mouth. And maybe, maybe that hunt that we had that day, we had a pretty good hunt. Uh, you know, I said, Hey, next time help us out a little bit. I uh, realized you got some stuff going on or bring us a thermos of coffee and <laughs> make up for it. Like, you know, everybody has to pull their own weight um, at the end of the day, especially waterfowl hunting. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, we've kind of leaned on that, but I guess, you know, whether it's scouting, you, you talked about the progressions earlier and I kind of chuckled, like I went down those progressions. I, I killed a turkey with a longbow a couple of years ago. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, I don't know if I have that dedication to shoot a longbow year round or every season. Cause it's tough. I mean, I shot a lot to be proficient with it. Uh, I'm back to shooting compound again. <laughs> so, uh, it's a little easier, but, uh, you know, my son, he sees me out there flinging arrows all the time and he's got his little Fred bear fiberglass bow and he's, he wants to do the same thing. So maybe that was good, good for me to go through that progression. So. Man, that's so cool to hear. And dude, I want to thank you for hopping on the show with me today. It's been, it's been absolutely awesome talking to you. And like I said, you're a, you're a great example of what sportsmen and women should be the way you're mentoring people, the way that you're, you're offering even your spots like that out West, that is a foreign concept, but, uh, I want to give you a chance before we hop off to share with people where they can follow along with you, where they can, they can watch your adventures or see what you're up to. Uh, my, my personal Instagram is coach 23 is me. Um, I kind of have some crossover with our HCO waterfowl page. Uh, uh, that's a, uh, it's just HCO waterfowl. It stands for Hickory County waterfowlers. That's the area we live in. Um, but, uh, that's kind of where we're at. Um, it's not always exactly up to date, you may get a file. We talked about the social media earlier. You may get a pretty good file dump over, over, uh, a week later or something like that. But, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's kind of turned into m- me and my kids more than anything. Um, and that's kind of where I try to highlight everything out now. So, man, that's cool. And, and definitely it's fun getting to know people here locally. I've been talking actually to a lot of people in Oklahoma and here in Missouri and, I love hunting with new people. I like trying to connect with, with other hunters and just, um, there's something about it. I, I hunt with a lot of the same guys throughout the year, but I make it a point to hunt with 20 new people every year, whether they're first timers or vets. So, um, that's like, you're not that far away. Springfield's an hour drive for us. Uh, 
we've been in Springfield a lot recently with our baby. So, or with our soon to be daughter, um, oh. you know, I'd like to get, get, get with you. Uh, we can do anything, but I like, I like to take your waterfowl hunting. That'd be, that'd be a lot of fun, man. Yeah. That sounds great. Well, thanks again for hopping on and we'll definitely stay in touch. Awesome. Sounds great. And that is going to wrap it up for today's episode. Now, that was an absolute treat, talking to Chandler, hearing about the birds that he gets on. And I'll tell you this right now. He has been sending me um, pictures through texts of the animals that they're killing right now. It is turkey season. It is morel season. And he is getting on some serious bounty in the woods of Missouri right now. He got his son a bird, and I'm sure there's a lot more to come. So... It's been, it's been a lot of fun. I definitely want to get up there and hunt with him. I can't even imagine going out and limiting out on just green heads, getting bonus pintails or wood ducks or whatever other species you're really interested in getting. Like, that is my dream. That is what I want to do when it comes to waterfowl hunting. Unfortunately, where I'm at, we just don't get on a lot of birds. Like, unless you get access to very specific farm ponds, it's just not going to happen. Like we're lucky to get a, a volley at Gadwall where I typically hunt on like close to home. Now we might get into more birds farther out. If we get an hour, hour and a half outside of where I live, we might get on some more, but there's been ponds that I've inquired about that I've wanted to get out and hunt on where I see birds loaded up and they're loaded up there for a reason. I mean, nobody can hunt there. In fact, I I don't know if this is like totally illegal or what, but there was one pond. This was before I had Onyx, and I really wanted to get on this pond, went up, knocked on the door. Nobody answered. So I left them a letter in their mailbox, and they responded to me, and they're like, hey, are you looking for work? We're actually looking for people to work on our farm. And I'm like, man, unfortunately, I don't have time to take on another job. Like, I'd be happy to come and exchange some work for hunting rights. But they were like, oh, we've got livestock, we've got goats, and we've got cows, and we just, they, they, they go close to the pond, and we don't want anybody hunting there. Anyways, he does the time. He puts in the effort and the energy getting out and scouting so that him and his buddies and other people that he allows to go hunt, former students, to, to actually get out and kill the exact birds that they're looking for. So... It was a lot of fun. Like I said, I want to get up there and hunt with him, and he's on turkeys. In fact, actually, where I'm at right now, we have so many turkeys. It's unbelievable how many toms. I had a stock this morning. I got 35 yards from a giant tom. He had his head up. I had the safety off. The problem was he was one yard on the neighboring property, one yard. All he had to do was duck under this barbed wire fence. Actually, I think it was an electric fence because they have... They have horses out there, but he just had to duck underneath and I would have been able to take him, fill my second turkey tag, which is, this would have been the first time I've ever done that. And it didn't work out, but now I know where I'm going to go. So my wife's been out of town for, let's see, four days now. And I have only been able to hunt after I drop my kids off at school, which is unfortunate, but I'm totally fine doing it. I love that time with my family. But she gets back tomorrow at noon, which means Thursday I have got my spot picked out to go and get my second bird. The biggest thing I'm dealing with right now is figuring out if I should do it with my shotgun 
or try to finally get one with my bow. So we'll see how that all plays out. But like I said, absolute treat talking with Chandler. Until next time, though, always choose adventure and God bless.